Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about optimism. And if you're anything like me, you probably hear the word optimism and think, Ugh. <laughs> and for me, that's because I am certainly the kind of person who has prided myself on being what one would call a realist. I think that I have a self-view that came from my father, who was very much against any kind of idealism. He would say things like, this is the real world, or get your head out of your ass. So his baseline response to any time I would express excitement about a goal or a dream was this kind of oh, don't be, don't be like that. It was almost this sense that to be optimistic was to be delusional. (laughs) But optimism is not delusion. And if you have a mental block like I do in your head against the notion of being an optimist, I hope to sell you on the idea today that optimism is actually really good for you. And it has tangible benefits that being a pessimist do not have. In fact, pessimism does not usually serve us especially when we're trying to turn our life around, when we're trying to make our circumstances better, to improve them. Pessimism can be a really serious hindrance. And that's what I want to look at today. What is optimism? Why does it help us? How is it different from false positivity or sometimes what we call toxic positivity? And I hope to outline what optimism does not mean, which is that you are blindfold. You don't have to be, quote, a realist or even a pessimist to get ahead in life, which might be a limiting belief that a lot of us have. I want to argue that you'll actually get a lot farther with an optimistic mindset. So what is optimism? Optimism is a mental attitude or an outlook that involves having a positive expectation or belief that things will generally turn out well. And I've talked about this in earlier episodes about how expecting the worst to happen, fixating on the past, those things don't help us. So you can definitely go back and revisit some of those expectation episodes. But optimism is generally characterized by a hopeful or positive mindset where individuals tend to focus on the potential for positive outcomes and they maintain the belief that a positive outcome is possible. Having that positive attitude even when difficult things come up. So being very dogged in your response to small inconveniences, to challenges, if something comes up and it deters you, being like, oh, that's okay, I'll figure this out, pushing through it, that all contributes to tenacity, which absolutely helps us. And optimistic individuals generally tend to believe that they have the ability to overcome obstacles, that they can achieve their goals, that they can create positive change. And that's very different from a pessimist who might believe that nothing's going to change, they can't do anything, they're going to be stuck forever, which does not help any of us to create forward momentum in our lives. 
Optimists will see setbacks as temporary. They'll view them as opportunities for growth or for learning. Also not just impact themselves, but they can influence other people by how they approach their life this way. And it will improve their relationships and their work because they don't see problems, they see solutions. And again, optimism is really not this wishful thinking or denying the existence of problems or difficulties. Instead, it does involve a realistic assessment of situations while maintaining a positive and hopeful perspective. If we're optimistic, we're more likely to be proactive and persistent and resilient when we're pursuing our goals and making those healthy changes in our lives. And that can contribute to our overall sense of well-being, to feeling successful, to feeling like we're finally getting ahead, we're finally starting to see results that we want. And this is not just my personal belief, which of course I do believe that optimism has served me really well in overcoming my circumstances by beginning to believe that I could change my life, that I could have a very different life than the one my parents gave me, that I did not have to be a victim of the circumstances I was born into. Just having that belief alone has really opened things up for me. And research supports this. Research shows us that optimism has a range of benefits for people. And that includes things like better physical and mental health, increased motivation and performance. And the motivation and performance, of course, we see that, right? Who wants to make changes or do the work in their life when they're not feeling motivated? (laughs) If you're feeling really pessimistic, you're not going to want to do anything that you need to do to improve your circumstances. You're going to be thinking things like, oh, it doesn't matter. This is not a great use of my time. If I do all this and this and nothing changes, why bother? It definitely has negative effects on our motivation, on our performance. And when we are optimistic instead, it improves our ability to cope and improves our ability to interact with others in healthy ways because we are opening ourselves up to the possibility that these things are on the table, that we could have this. It's real. And the good news is that optimism is not a fixed trait. It's not like you're born an optimistic person. I mean, maybe there are some people out there who were lucky (laughs) and they were born optimistic, but I was certainly not, right? I was a very depressed, anxious, suicidal, heartbroken kid, and I grew into a very depressed, suicidal, heartbroken adult. And so optimism was not something that I came into the world with, it was something that I actively developed and cultivated through practice and self-reflection and adopting positive thinking patterns, basically working with my mind and my emotions, which I've outlined in many of the other episodes. So again, you can go back and look at those and see how journaling and meditation and any of these self-aware practices can help us to rewire our brains, rewire how we view the world. But a really short primer on this also is I would recommend Sean Acor's the Happiness Advantage TED Talk. I think that's the name of the TED Talk, but he has a short, I think it's 12-minute video, in which he talks about how you can reprogram your brain to have a more positive worldview, which is great, again, because if you're like me with a difficult background, it's not going to be your default setting. It's going to definitely be something that you have to actively cultivate, but I promise you it can be done. And it's important to note that optimism is not false positivity. There is a thing called false positivity, toxic positivity, and you might encounter this in certain people who maybe you tell them something you're going through or you're having a problem and they're like, oh no, it's fine. It's okay. You're going to do great. And that's encouraging in certain contexts, but in other contexts, it feels like they're denying or invalidating your feelings, that they're trying to pretend like negative emotions don't exist, (laughs) that things aren't difficult or things aren't terrible or hard. 
when we do this, when we emphasize only the positive and happy aspects of life, if there's an overemphasis on maintaining a positive outlook, often to the point of dismissing or suppressing our negative emotions, our struggles, our challenges, that is considered toxic positivity. So optimism is not toxic positivity. It's not false positivity. It's acknowledging what's really happening. So that's the realism component. It's acknowledging that, okay, this is really difficult. I am trying to do something that's pretty hard here. I fully acknowledge that. I'm feeling discouraged sometimes, but I absolutely believe that this is going to work out for me. That's the optimism. So it's not a negation of what you're going through. And it's not a minimizing of your challenges or your pain. It's making room for all of that. And you believe that things will change. You believe that you have the power and the ability to make things better. That's being optimistic. So you don't have to negate your experiences or just pretend that you're not having a hard time. But you can absolutely train your mind to have room for both. That this is really hard, but I'm absolutely going to change it. And I believe that this will change for me. Because optimism and having a positive mindset, that will help you do that. That will be beneficial. But false positivity becomes problematic when it invalidates or ignores our genuine feelings. We might really have genuine feelings of sadness or anger or grief or stress. And it can put pressure on us if we're always trying to act happy, if we're always trying to pretend like things are fine. And when we suppress our authentic emotions, when we deny ourselves the opportunity to process or address our feelings, that doesn't help us. That does not serve us in any way. So I'm advocating for optimism, not false positivity. I don't want you to diminish yourself in any way. I don't want you to cut off your experience in any way. There is room for both. You can absolutely honor where you've been, what you're going through, how challenging something is. And you can also hold space and believe that you have the power to change it. And besides, it's not helpful to be falsely positive anyway because it has several negative consequences. It hinders our emotional growth. It hinders our self-awareness. You know that I've been going on and on about how important self-awareness is for mental health. And so if we don't have that self-awareness, if we suppress or hinder it, it keeps us from acknowledging and understanding our emotions, which is the opposite of what I think we need for really great mental health, which is acknowledging our feelings, processing our feelings, making friends with our feelings. And also, if we're falsely positive with other people, then it's invalidating their experiences and their emotions. And so it can often make other people feel unseen, unheard, misunderstood. And so I'm definitely not advocating for that. Don't just be like, everything's going to be amazing if your house is on fire. <laughs> you know, like I'm not saying to do that acknowledging the challenges ahead of you, but also just holding this belief that it doesn't matter how dark or difficult it looks right now, things will change and they will get better. And then trying not to let those challenges and difficulties discourage you from doing the work that you need to do to change your circumstances. Also, one of the things I don't like about false positivity is that it creates unrealistic expectations, puts this undue pressure on ourselves to always be happy, to always have this facade of I'm amazing, everything is great. And that has never helped me. It's this pressure that just creates, I don't even know how to describe it, exhaustion, I guess would be a good word. I feel exhausted when I'm pretending that I'm okay and I'm not okay. It just makes me feel more stressed, more anxious, more burnt out. And so that's a very different feeling than when I'm feeling optimistic. So I think you'll be able to tell the difference between when you're being falsely positive and when you're being optimistic. Optimistic is 
choosing to believe in your own abilities and your own power and your own strength in a situation, false positivity feels more like a pushing away, kind of a negation. And so, I mean, experiment with this yourself and figure out which one you're doing in certain situations and whether or not it's helping you. But again, I would just advocate that it's very important to embrace your feelings, accept your full range of emotions, positive and negative feelings, because that is absolutely essential to our psychological well-being. And true positivity, true optimism absolutely involves acknowledging and honoring our feelings. Wherever we are right now, that is okay. And I can get to a different place. Absolutely. And that stance will allow us to take a more balanced and authentic approach to making progress, to facing life's up and downs, and Some other things that you might want to consider to help you distinguish between when you're being falsely positive or when you're feeling genuinely optimistic is, again, thinking about the acknowledgement of negative emotions. Optimism recognizes that negative emotions are a natural part of life and that they exist. (laughs) We have feelings. We do not deny or suppress these negative feelings. We allow space for them. But still maintaining that positive perspective. And then the contrary to that, the false positivity is where we tend to dismiss or invalidate negative emotions, emphasizing only positive experiences, only happiness. So if you find yourself being like, no, I'm totally fine, and you're not totally fine, (laughs) you're probably suppressing, you're probably leaning on false positivity rather than true optimism. The other way to help you distinguish between the two is having a realistic assessment of the situation. Optimism allows you to take a realistic evaluation of your circumstances, of your life, of your challenges. It does not ask you to pretend that everything is fine or that nothing is going to get you down. It acknowledges the potential difficulties and the setbacks, but also, again, making room for this hopeful outlook that things are going to swing your way, something's going to come through. Whereas false positivity ignores or downplays the existence of those problems, refusing to acknowledge potential setbacks or minimizing their significance. So if you are, for example, in a terrible relationship, you know you've got someone toxic in your life and you need to get rid of them. I hope this is not your situation, but let's pretend that you had a spouse that was cheating on you. False positivity would be like, it's fine, it's totally fine that I'm being cheated on. It's like, no, that is not fine. That is horrible. If this person is lying to you, this person is deceiving you, this person is hurting you, that is not okay. And a realistic assessment of that is where optimism lies because you can look at that and say, okay, this is not great. This is horrible. I'm really hurting. I need to get out of this situation. And I can get out of this situation. I will absolutely figure out how to get out of here. I will go make a better match in life. I will get out of the situation. I will heal myself. I will find a better partner. That's the optimism. So telling yourself that, yes, this is really hard and it's not where I want to be and I am hurting, but also I can get through this. 120% belief I can get through this. Another thing you could look for is emotional authenticity. So optimism allows us to experience a range of emotions. It tells us that it's okay to be sad or angry or disappointed while still maintaining an overall positive outlook. An example of that would be if today I'm really stressed, which by the way, I am. <laughs> just, a, just a little bit of honesty. I am really stressed because I have a lot to do. I'm releasing a book in a few weeks and so I'm feeling the crunch. I'm feeling the pressure. So optimism is telling myself the book launch is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I'm going to get everything done. No worries. But then also being like, but I'm in a tight space right now. This is uncomfortable for me. I have a lot on my plate. I'm feeling a little stressed. I'm feeling a little taxed. Maybe I need to get some extra sleep. 
So it's not either or. I can't be happy or sad. It's I can be happy and stressed. <laughs> There's room for both. And that's kind of the, the key to optimism, I guess, is this notion that it's expansive enough that both can be true. You can have your genuine full range of emotions, both positive and negative, simultaneously. You do not need to surrender one part of yourself for the other. There's room for you to be all of you which is something I didn't really understand growing up because of the way my father would talk about people who were optimistic or cheerful or, or generally positive. He would talk about them as if they were delusional idealists who just didn't know what was going on in the world. <laughs> and so it took me a while to unpack this idea of what is optimism separate from that. Does being optimistic mean you can't be realistic? But no, actually, optimism is very realistic. It's having a full-bodied realization of the situation, good and bad, but then choosing within yourself to align with the good, to say, for example, if we want to get really dramatic... <laughs> pretend I'm writing one of my books and we're in the realm of good versus evil, good and evil are at war. There are both in the world, right? But then you choose a side. Like you choose to come down on the side of good. You choose to come down on the side of optimism. Like things are hard, absolutely, for people across the world. No argument there. Things are hard for people. To be human is to have difficulties. But then you can choose to believe that it's going to work out. It's going to swing in favor of good. And so that's what you're aligning yourself with. That's what you're kind of cultivating in your mind, this positive mindset. And then also developing the habits that help you support that optimistic outlook on life. Because it's not just enough to choose in your mind. The choosing is important. The choosing was a big step for me when I finally decided, you know what, there is good and there's bad, but I'm going to believe that there is rhyme and reason to this. I'm going to believe that the arc of the world's evolution bends towards goodness. And so I made that choice and that helped me to cultivate optimism. We've talked about this before, but practicing gratitude, that makes it easier to be optimistic. If you're regularly taking time to reflect on the good things in your life, the things that you're grateful for, the things that make you happy and cheerful, that is one way to cultivate optimism. Challenging your negative thoughts, and this will be a big one if you come from a background like mine with a lot of abuse or trauma and you have this residual negative pattern in your mind where you've come to expect the worst because a lot of things did happen bad back to back. <laughs> so it created a pattern and an expectation that things would be bad forever. Paying attention to the negative thoughts that come up for you, the challenging circumstances that have programmed you to feel this way. And every time that happens, being like, that doesn't mean it's going to be that way this time. Just because the first 10 terrible things happened in a row, it doesn't mean that number 11 is going to be bad too. It just means that the first 10 things were terrible. And also sometimes when we come out of abusive or negative situations, we have a lot of negative self-talk, which is how we talk to ourselves about ourselves. And I've mentioned that before about everything that we do, we need to be mindful of the narration that we're giving ourselves about ourselves. And anything that you do in the realm of wellness or well-being, you need to be speaking to yourself in a very kind and loving and compassionate way. And so that's no different here in optimism. If you are having negative thoughts, actively challenge them. So for example, if I tell myself I'm the ugliest, most hideous person in the world, there needs to be a part of me that stands up and goes, is that true? Are you sure about that? Do you really think so? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> or if it says, oh, you're never going to walk the 10 miles in a day that you want to walk or whatever it is. It's like, are you sure? Are you sure I can't do that? Like, why do you not believe that I can? And so speaking back to the negative thoughts that we have about ourselves, 
looking for evidence that contradicts our negative beliefs. So for example, if I tell myself that I'm never going to be disciplined enough to eat healthy. Be like, is that true? Because I'm pretty sure I just made myself a salad yesterday and I ate it and I enjoyed it and it was a great salad and it had a whole bunch of vegetables in it and it was amazing. So why do I think that that's never going to happen, that I can't do that? And you have to be ready to stand up for yourself even when the person you're standing up to is yourself, <laughs> which can be really hard. And it also helps to surround yourself with positive influences. So if you surround yourself with optimistic and supportive people, who inspire you and uplift you, who speak to you in a very positive, loving way, who have meaningful conversations with you, who offer you support and encouragement each day, it's going to be easier for you to be optimistic yourself. And if you don't have people in your life, you can do what I did, which is find sources of inspiration, find books and podcasts and motivational talks, things that keep you feeling connected to that expansive, optimistic feeling rather than the shut down and desolate, <laughs> hopeless, overwhelmed version of you. And keeping up again with your self-care practices, it's really hard to be optimistic if you are not sleeping well, if you're not eating well, if you're not exercising, if you're not moving your body, if you're not doing things that you love, if you're not meditating or spending time in nature. It's really hard to pour from an empty cup. I feel like I say that in every episode, but it's really hard to give of yourself if there's nothing in there. So keeping up with the self-care will help. Practicing that positive self-talk finding people or sources in your life that can help you stay motivated, help you stay encouraged. And also I found a lot of success in doing acts of kindness. Engaging in acts of kindness and helping other people gives me this sense of connection and gratitude. And also just it's easier to feel optimistic when I'm doing something good. And when I see other people doing good things, it's like, see, there are people out in the world who are trying to make things better. It's much easier to connect with that feeling of optimism when I do that, too. So you can also try acts of kindness. And just remember that cultivating optimism, it takes time. It takes practice. But it's absolutely something you can do if you're just patient with yourself and you are committed to reprogramming your mind to have a more positive mindset you can absolutely make that happen. And it will serve you so well as you move toward the kind of life that you want, making the kind of progress that you want. It's absolutely one of the best things I ever did for myself was to work on reprogramming my mind from a pessimistic worldview to an optimistic one. So I really, really encourage you to give it a shot. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask for my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me through any of my social media or through email, corey at coreyamshrum.com. And otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.